All right, today on the show, we're going to talk about some sports and whatnot. The NBA season is officially through the first trimester with two-thirds to go. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the potential postseason awards that could be handed out and who's in the running to receive some of those. But before we do any of that, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to play a little bit of Would You Rather NBA edition. And for that, I'm going to say a couple names, and we're going to go through it together and see which we would rather have on our team. Uh, this this game could be pretty fun if I had a co-host, you know, but that might require going out into the world and getting some friends, so screw that. Uh, I'll just do it here with my loyal two or three listeners. That's right, I see you out there listening to these podcasts, wasting your time just like me. Let's do it. Alright, so... Jumping right into things, our first NBA Would You Rather, we're going to go with Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So this one, this one's pretty interesting. You have uh, two of the dudes that are coming up that are waiting to take the throne. Could be two, they could potentially each be the best player in the NBA when LeBron finally declines or or retires, seeing which one comes first. Is that that might be a little difficult to tell at this point. But uh so you have Anthony Davis. He's kind of a do it all. Like he can handle the ball a little bit. He puts it on the floor. He scores. He can he has a jump shot working for him now. He does a little bit of everything. He's a monster on the defensive side. He rebounds. He scores. I mean he he's a complete player. He's a great player. Uh one knock on him though is his teams aren't always all that great, and uh, he just now won his first playoff series last season, and it, you know, he needed some help to get it done. So that's kind of the knock on him is, yeah, he has great stats and he plays great, but what has it what has it meant to the Pelicans organization? And uh, so far, it's a, it's got him a couple playoff appearances mostly lower seed and they had that one playoff win one playoff series win last season so that's what you're looking with looking at with Anthony Davis with Giannis uh Giannis is a player I I love Giannis I think he is fantastic you know he's he's the new breed positionless basketball player he is essentially a seven footer that plays as a guard he plays small forward center you know he plays whatever position uh he's a pretty decent distributor of the basketball you know he's not a uh he's about a five assist I think this this season he's averaging six assists a game uh he's a tremendous rebounder just a freak athlete uh he doesn't hence Greek freak you know but he, he doesn't have a jump shot doesn't have a working jump shot it hasn't stopped him from taking him this year, he's actually taken quite a few, but he is shooting an extremely low percentage from beyond the arc. Uh, but I mean, you still gotta respect it. That that's everyone's favorite thing to say is, "Oh, if Giannis had, if Giannis gets that jump shot working, it's game over for the league." Because he's averaging twenty seven points, twenty seven points a game as it is, but uh, he has no jump shot, and to this point, he hasn't really even needed it. Cause he, no one can stop him when he gets inside. Cause he's so long and lanky. But now he's he's strong too. He's a bull down there. Uh, we knock Anthony Davis for his lack of postseason success. 
Uh, Giannis is right there in the same boat with him. This this is the season everyone's telling me that they're going they're going to go in. They're gonna at least win one series. Um, I think I think they could be along with the along with the Raptors. They're probably the number two team in the East. I I don't think that if they hold that spot, I don't think any of those lower two teams like the Detroit Pistons or uh, Charlotte Hornets or maybe even someone like the Orlando Magic could get in there and really challenge them in a seven-game series. So I think they will win at least one series there. Um, But be that as may, it boils down to who would you rather have, AD, Giannis. Uh, For me, I'm going with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I just think he's something that no one's ever seen before, and I, I just think he's an amazing basketball player. Okay, so this next one is a little more centered at, uh, specifically at Golden State and Golden State fans. If anyone's out here listening that's a Golden State fan, who would you rather have? If you had to pick one that you could keep around on your team, would you keep Clay Thompson or Draymond Green? So, uh, Clay Thompson, he's been good this year. Uh, he has been, you know, uh, Clay. He's what the thing that I always say about Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson is the greatest catch and shoot player in NBA history, and I don't think I can say that with confidence. I don't think there's anyone really up there that beats him, just catching the ball and shooting it pure stroke. It's just so pure. It's amazing. Uh, this year he's with Steph being out and. Draymond missing time as well. He's he's had to pick up the load a little bit. He's been above his career average points wise. He's averaging a little over twenty two points a game, four rebounds, two assists. Uh, he's played well. I re- I think a lot of people have been anxious to see Clay Thompson get his own team and see what he could do as a number one option for a while now. I'm not sure that happens. I think Golden State does everything in their power to retain him, but the hypothetical here is. End of the day, you can only keep one. Clay, Draymond. Draymond's the dude that does all the little things right. He runs the show. Uh, he sets guys up. He facilitates so Steph doesn't always have to. So Steph can focus on uh, shot making. You know, he, he's been kind of declining a little bit uh, points wise, but that's not really. They don't really need points from him, especially with the last couple seasons with Kevin Durant on the team. They don't really need him to score. Uh, you know, you'd like him to be hitting that three-pointer a little more because that seems to be, like, the one thing that teams will do defensively to stop that death lineup that, or what they should do anyway is just let Draymond take that open three, leave him semi-open, bait him into taking it because he is not hitting at a high clip. He kind of plateaued on that. You thought maybe you'd see him bring his three-point percentage up to you might see him be a respectable three-point shooter at 35-36%, but no, he's stayed down there in the high 20s, low 30s. It's just not been uh, what you want out of it, but again, he is super valuable to that team. I'm not sure what they would uh, look like long-term without that other facilitating piece. If you had to keep one, though, if you just had to keep one with the current roster... If if you could keep if you could keep Kevin Durant, I think you'd say, uh, 
Draymond Green, hands down, you keep Draymond Green over Clay Thompson. Because you have that scoring and you have the defense with both those dudes. Clay Thompson is an excellent defender as well as Draymond Green, obviously. And Kevin Durant. They're all great defenders. Um, but you know, you don't really have you your second number two scoring option, sometimes number one, Kevin Durant. He's not... I think it's a for sure deal that he's gone next year. I don't think he's sticking around. I think he wants to win another title, and I think that he sees the cracks there, and I think he wants to go out and make his own name for himself without having all these other All-Stars because that's been the knock on him with him winning the championships now in Golden State. So I don't think he's going to stick around, so I think they're going to need that great number two option and... I think I think I would roll with Clay Thompson over Draymond Green. So here we go, number three hypothetical. Uh Trey Young, Brian Young point guard, or D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell obviously uh traded from the Lakers. A lot of people there's a lot of Lakers fans split about that decision. Uh, a lot of people think now that uh, hey, maybe D'Angelo and uh, Lonzo could have played together. Uh, we saw them both put on a show last night in the Nets uh, win over the Lakers. And D'Angelo, so far this year, he's averaging 18 points, about four rebounds, six assists a night. Nice numbers. We all know uh, Trey Young. He's he's uh, played well for a rookie, over 15 points a game, seven assists. Those are good numbers, especially considering that he hasn't been hitting the outside shot. He hasn't been doing what he came into the league to do, be that Steph Curry mold player. Uh, so the question here is, I think D'Angelo Russell's kind of settled into what he's going to be. I think he's not an all-star, but he's a really good player. I think, And I think he's underrated a little bit in most circles, but... Uh, I think that is what he is. I think Trey Young has more of a ceiling, especially if he starts knocking down this jump shot. But there is problems. He is undersized. You don't really know if he is. He's a little sporadic at times. Uh, so who would you rather have on your team? I think this year definitely. If I was a playoff, if I was in contention in the hunt for the playoffs, I would. I'd want D'Angelo Russell on my team. Uh, maybe if I was. If I was an organization that didn't have any pieces and was just like looking for something, uh, I would, I would go with Trey Young, especially because, uh, he's a marquee player. Like he's a guy that will sell tickets, get people in the stands to watch him because he he makes some exciting shots. So I think if I was a struggling team, I'd go with Trey Young. But as, from a pure basketball perspective. I really like D'Angelo Russell, and I would want him on my team as a, as a successful basketball team. I would roll with D'Angelo Russell first. Uh, you know that could age poorly. Trey Young could become one of the top players in the league. We don't know, but uh, I'm going with I am going to go with D'Angelo Russell for right now. Okay, so the next two hypotheticals feature the young big man. Uh, down in Orlando he's not getting as many minutes as some people thought he's probably not going to take that starting spot like most people thought from Nikola Vucevic 
because Vucevic has just popped off and had such a great season. But uh, so, would you rather have Mo Bamba or DeAndre Jordan? So DeAndre Jordan, uh, rim running big, high percentage guy, shooting the ball. He gets rebounds. That's that's his game. That's his game, you know. And Bamba, Bamba's kind of a blank slate at this point. Like you know, he's gonna be a defensive big. You don't know the extent of his shooting or his finishing really at this point. You don't know how well he's going to uh, initiate and handle the ball either. You you hope he can like expand into those categories a little bit to diversify himself. But at this point, you don't know. And DeAndre Jordan's been given the Mavericks. Some good production. Uh, He's averaging 11 points a game, a shade under 14 rebounds. And career average-wise, DeAndre Jordan, uh, with Chris Paul in L.A., he didn't really have the chance to facilitate out of the post at all. And so his career average assist-wise is under an assist a game. Not great, but uh, with with that offense that Rick Carlisle runs where it features a lot of moving parts and guys uh, screening get open team basketball where everyone pitches in he's averaging over two assists a night which is a nice thing and uh, I think here you can go back to what we just said with D'Angelo Russell and Mo Bamba Uh, you know if you're if you're a good team you you're gonna want DeAndre Jordan on your team Uh, Mo Bamba is the old guy if you're all in on the future you go with Mo Bamba but I I would pick DeAndre Jordan. His field goal percentage has been dropping a little bit, but good news is it started as better than anyone in the league at 70%. Is, it's dipped down, I believe, now. It's just a little bit over 60 62%, something like that. But DeAndre Jordan's still a good talent, still does what he is in the league to do, and that's uh, block shots, rebound, run the rims. So DeAndre Jordan is who I'd go with that situation. Uh, I think the next one with Mo Bamba, my next hypothetical, would you rather go with Mo Bamba or Dwight Howard? So Dwight Howard last year in Charlotte showed that he had some stuff left in the tank, but this injury-riddled season, he played like a couple games with the Wizards, wasn't all that effective. He looked slow, a little lumbering around, coming off of an injury, and now he's Getting another surgery, he'll be out a few months. Uh, I think if I had to pick here, I would roll with Mo Bamba and just hope that he develops quickly. Because Dwight, he he has been uh, regressing for a little while now. Last year he showed he could still do what he does, and that's play in the low post and get rebounds. But, you know, you got to think his career is probably coming to an end. He's been... At it for a while now, and um, you know his better days are behind him. And you gotta hope that Bamba can have a good career. And I think, I think he will. Just the extent of is he gonna be an All Star and a great player, or is he just going to be a? I think he'll be a starting center at least in this league. So that's where I'm at with that one. Okay, moving right along, we're gonna go into. John Collins versus Draymond Green. John Collins, uh, to me, this one's easy. John Collins is one of the more underrated young talents in the league. Not enough people talk about him. He's averaging close to 20, 18.5 points a game. 
nine and a half rebounds and over two assists per night. Uh, he, you know, he's a great player for the Hawks. The Hawks, they have a lot of random dudes on their roster that aren't going to be a part of their future. But Trey Young and John Collins, John Collins, more of a for sure thing than Trey Young is, and I think he'll be a great. Uh, probable number two option on their team going forward. Hopeful that Trey Young fills that number one spot. But John Collins is fantastic. You know, he's he's a good scorer. He does everything right. He's got a lot of bounce. Uh, he's fun to watch, and he doesn't get a lot of viewers because of where he plays, but he's a good young player. Good young player. Uh, Draymond Green, like I said, he's one of those dudes that does everything right. Uh, but... I think, if we're being honest, Draymond's best game is probably behind him at this point, too. I think Draymond has probably played the best basketball of his career. That's not to say he can't be effective, but when this dynasty does end up falling or uh, shrinking, at least, you know, you don't wonder if Draymond's going to be on the team. There's a lot of what-ifs there, especially on how they're going to pay him and what they're going to pay him with those clauses built in that he can get the super max if he wins a defensive player of the year and all those stipulations and whatnot. But uh, I don't think Draymond's worth that kind of money. Not now. I don't think in the latter half of that contract he would really pan out all that well. I don't think he'd be as effective. He's not an explosive athlete as it is, and I think uh, as he declines, he's going to have to rely. He's going to be a a passer and a bruiser. You know, and I I just like the skill the skill set of Collins so much that I he's already there. He's already averaging twenty points a game pretty much. Uh so yeah, I go with John Collins in a heartbeat on that one. So the next hypothetical we got Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets and Lonzo Ball. Dinwiddie uh He's, he's been really good. He's been really good coming off the bench, playing in that backcourt. 17 points, 5 assists a night. He, you know, he's he's a solid player. and it He gets a weird uh, non-following, non-following on the internet. There's a lot of guys that are really against Spencer Dinwiddie cause, because of the fact that people were high on him and he wasn't like an insane numbers guy. Uh, he's bolstered those numbers a little bit, so probably quieted a little bit of that hate. But uh, he, you know, he's he is the player that he's gonna be like. This is this is what you're gonna get with Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think there's a next step in the evolution of Dinwiddie, but uh, and that's a good player. That's a real good player. That's a for sure good player on any team. I think you plug him in and he plays the same way, pretty much anywhere in the league. Uh, but with Lonzo, he has those intangibles that you just love, like. I saw someone say the other day he's either uh, the worst great player in the league or the greatest worst player in the league. And, you know, that shows because he does a lot of things right, but then he gets, uh, I think he gets into his head sometimes. Uh, he, his shooting is coming up. He, he play, he's played really well. Uh, he's, he's starting to round into shape, I think. He's coming off that injury. He's played well. He's made shots here in the last couple of weeks. He's had games where he's looked really good. He's he's had games where he's looked like the guard that they want him to be, and he could play alongside LeBron for the next few years, and they could, uh, 
you know, make a run in the West for a couple years to come, for years to come, you know, as long as LeBron is there. But then there's also been games where he kind of lays an egg. And for those games, you just you just hope that that's not the player that Lonzo's going to be. But I think he, uh, his performance in Brooklyn is more indicative of the player that he can and should be. I'm not saying he's going to average over 20 a night, but I think he'll have nights where he can go for over 20, uh, especially with LeBron feeding him. I, I got to roll with Lonzo here because I think his – Upside is so great. I think he can be, he can be Jason Kidd. You know, he can be a Hall of Fame player. I know that's big for a guy that's averaging nine points a game. But uh, honestly, he doesn't need to average a bunch of points. I think if he averaged like 13, 14 points a game as a mature player, that that'd be great. Especially if he can get his rebounds and assists up to where they were his rookie season. But uh, I think, especially on a LeBron team, it's more. It's more about your performance than it is about the stats. So, uh, big thing for him is shooting going forward, and I think I would definitely take Lonzo over Dinwiddie. Uh, next hypothetical also features Din or also also features Lonzo Ball rather, uh, and that's Spencer Dinwiddie, Lonzo Ball, uh, or sorry, De'Aaron Fox, Lonzo Ball. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, you know he he's taken off. I wasn't huge on De'Aaron Fox I wasn't sure how good of a score he was going to be you know he's athletic he's he's a blur going to the rim uh he's still not a great shooter or anything but he's super athletic and he he gets the job done he he's scoring really well this this season uh averaging 18 points and his assist numbers are looking real good at 7.3 a game uh like I I just went into the spiel about uh, Lonzo Ball and what I think he's going to end up being, you know, I think Fox will probably have a better these next these next couple of years. He might be a better product than Lonzo Ball, but I think long term, Lonzo Ball now gets the job done, and he will for the next couple of years. He won't be, I wouldn't say he'll be a better player than Fox, but I think long term, especially if Fox doesn't develop a jump shot consistently and has to keep on relying on the athleticism the athleticism will dwindle he's not a big guy I don't know how long of a career he'll have so I'd I'll go with Lonzo Ball there again so would you rather have Paul George or Kyrie Irving on your team I you know you look at Paul George He's a great two-way player. He, this is his best uh, offensive year to date. I believe he is uh, averaging a shade under 25, somewhere around 24 points a game right now. Um, and, you know, you know, we know what he brings defensively, and he makes shots. He's a floor spacer for Russell Westbrook. But this year, you know, you get the sense he's more than that. He, right now, he has surpassed Russell Westbrook on uh, on who is making this team go right now. It's Paul George. You know, Russell Westbrook, you kind of wonder about his health now and going forward. 
he's got some triple doubles, but uh, he hasn't looked great, really. I, w- I wouldn't say he's looked as good as he has uh, in recent memory. And Paul George has been the more important player of the two, I think, to this point. And uh, then you go across the aisle and you look at Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, you know, he's a magician with the ball. He He's so smooth. He's probably the best finisher in the whole league as, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving's probably, what, like 6'2", 6'3", 6'1", something like that. Um, and he just has a way with the backboard. He just knows where to lay it up. He knows the spots. He's fantastic. And on top of that, on top of that he's so clutch. Like, uh, he, we all know what he did in uh, Cleveland hitting those shots in the finals to help them uh win win a championship in Cleveland and uh so he's got that going for him you know Paul George another another thing on him is he he hasn't won anything he hasn't he, he's been a good player yes but he hasn't w- stepped up in big games he hasn't hit big shots and that's that was his thing in Indianapolis and uh or Indi- in Indiana rather he uh he didn't make the shots he didn't take the shots he didn't make the shots uh down the stretch the big in big games and uh you know we saw them lose to Utah in the playoffs last season and he laid a dud to end the season uh so for that i go with Kyrie Irving i understand that Kyrie has health problems and he's not a big guy but i think he's just he steps up and makes the shot and uh he gives you added value with his finishing ability he's not the greatest facilitator of the ball but uh, i just like what he gives you in the clutch so much that i would take him over paul george so uh if you'd rather have Kyrie over paul george would you rather have Kyrie over damian lillard dame he you know he's one of those guys that he has he looks real good on paper uh you know he got the team he got the blazers into the 3 seed in the west last year and that everyone thought that would be impossible cuz uh it was bottled up last year but it's not bottled up like it is this year you, you know you had the rockets and you had the warriors and then everyone uh didn't expect the blazers to be anywhere near them but they were they were a 3 seed uh in the west and uh Damian Lillard was the driving point of that team and everyone thought hey maybe this is the year that the Blazers are different but no they lost and so now uh Damian Lillard's kind of disrespected a little bit because of it and uh you know he's a great player the thing I always say about Damian Lillard is if there was no such thing as Steph Curry we would be in complete awe of Damian Lillard's ability, his shot making, uh, you know, the only person that rivals it really, like his deep shot making is, and uh, creating is Steph Curry, and uh, he he has the numbers to back it up, and uh, he's a phenomenal athlete as well, but I think Steph definitely does steal some of his thunder because Steph is a better shooter than Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard is still a really good, great shooter. Uh, great shot maker and uh so he gets a little bit of bad rap on that one i i think damien 
what's his averages this year? Like twenty seven, five and six, something like that. Uh over Kyrie Irving, I you know, Kyrie Irving, he's not a guy that necessarily is a big numbers dude, but uh you really like what he brings to the table, especially late. And I know I went with him because of his clutch factor over Paul George, but I think not all that can be, not all the inability to succeed can be put on Damian Lillard with the Trailblazers. I think that has more to do with the team perspective. So for this one, I'm rolling with Damian Lillard. Um, So here we go into the next hypothetical. Would you rather have Blake Griffin or Jimmy Butler? Blake Griffin, you know, he's he's a dark horse MVP, I think. Uh I would have him higher as we'll get to here in a few minutes. I would have I'd have him ranked higher in the MVP race than he is if his team was doing better, but I they're not, so I have him a little lower than what I think he could be and should be. And uh but yeah, you know, he is facilitated he's made shots he's shooting the ball well he's rebounded he's he's turned his career back around the right going back in the right direction you know he's trending the wrong way for a minute but uh here in Detroit he's like he's been the guy and it's looked real well on him um they've got to find a way to win more games but uh, Blake Griffin has been phenomenal uh he's got to take care of that ball you know he had that quote-unquote quadruple double the other night with turnovers uh if he wouldn't have turned the ball over, they would have knocked off the Bucks. But you know, if they wouldn't have had him, he would. They wouldn't be in the position anyway. So, uh, Blake Griffin, great player. Uh, probably makes you a little uncomfortable with the athleticism going down and as he ages. But uh, he's found other ways to be productive outside of just being a high flyer, and I, you got to commend him on that. And I think he's really good. Really good player. Uh, Jimmy Butler is also a really good player. He's a stud defensively. He gets you buckets. Uh, you know, the the day and age that we're in, like I, like I said in an earlier episode, I said Jimmy Butler is a blue-collar, lunch-pail guy, and he is not about this new age, these new age players that don't really put in as much work as he does and sit around and stream Fortnite 24 seven uh he is a guy that wants to be in the gym and wants his teammates to be in the gym 24 seven and the reality of the nba is there is not that many guys coming up that are like that more of the dudes that are coming up now are more like like carl anthony towns and andrew wiggins um so you know you're probably going to have some him have a problem with someone wherever he goes and i think that that Philadelphia situation with Joel Embiid I, I'm not sure when I think it's when if Jimmy gets money and uh, gets a contract there I think he things could boil over and we could see a similar situation to what we saw in Minnesota so uh, I think this one is less about play about ability and more about uh, the ability of to rally around guys and have guys rally around them. So for that factor, I would pick Blake Griffin over Jimmy Butler. So uh, here we go. We'll we have uh, two left. We'll go with Danilo Gallinari and Andrew Wiggins. So 
Gallinari is one of those dudes. He's his three point shooting has fluctuated a little bit through the years. Uh, he's always been a good player, never a great player, never been on real good teams. Uh, this Clippers team, though, like I said, the fourteen fifteen Hawks is their model. Uh, every man just step up and do the most you can, and he's played well, played real well. So probably the best basketball of his career, uh, meaningful basketball anyway. Nineteen points, six rebounds, two assists. He's shooting uh, fantastic numbers from outside because he, he's like I said, he's a dude. This three point shooting is fluctuating. This year, it's on the up. It's at forty five percent. And you look across the board at Andrew Wiggins, his numbers are not quite as good. Uh, 16.3 points, career low, uh, 3.9 rebounds, 2.2 assists. He, uh, the knock on him is obviously he doesn't, if he's not out there scoring the ball and being athletic, he's not giving you anything because he's not a high effort guy. Uh, only shooting 36% from three, that's probably, that's probably a decent number for him. But, uh, you know, especially with Butler gone, you want to see Wiggins be more assertive score the ball better than what he has he he gotta live up to his potential and he is failing himself big time right now and I don't think a lot of teams would be excited to have him around because he, he just kind of he's kind of cast a shade on himself as being a lazy worker and uh you know I definitely think I I would take Gallinari over Wiggins right now and I think a lot of other people would especially if you're a contender you want Gallinari, who by all accounts is a hard-working guy, over Andrew Wiggins. So here we go. Last, would you rather, would you rather have Victor Oladipo or Kyle Lowry? So Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, both good defensive players. Uh, Oladipo, you know, he's just now uh, becoming his all-star self. He's been a good two-way player. Uh, he definitely scores better than Kyle Lowry does, especially now Kyle Lowry's getting older and declining a little bit. His scoring has gradually declined, but uh, he has his Lowry's assist numbers have been great, and he's rebounding the ball and shooting the ball well. Uh, you know he's he's probably an out he's like a outside extra dark horse for MVP. I mean I don't think there's any way he could win it, but. He, his name could probably be on a list somewhere. Uh, Oladipo, you know, he's got so much left, so much good basketball ahead of him, uh, and he's already an all-star. I don't think there's enough discernible difference between the two right now that, I I mean, I think Oladipo might be ahead of Lowry anyway as it is skill-wise right now, so there's not enough discernible difference to take Lowry over Oladipo, and I think... The obvious answer there is Victor Oladipo. As promised, we're going to jump right into the end of season awards and uh, look at who is in the running for coach of the year, six man, most improved, and we'll mainly focus on MVP. And I'll give you my rundown of how I have them stacked up heading into the second trimester and uh, give you my thoughts on who I think can take home the hardware at the end of the season. So to kick things off, we're looking at coach of the year. I would say Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee with all he's done with the Bucks and Giannis and making them viable contenders neck and neck with the Raptors. 
I'd put him in the driver's seat for right now. You know, he's a fantastic coach. He's proved that everywhere he's went. And uh, it's shown again in Milwaukee. And number two, or just right off of Buttonholzer, I would say probably Nick Nurse up in Toronto for just what he's done to make them relevant in the modern NBA landscape, Uh, inserting Pascal Siakam into the starting lineup and bumping Serge Ibaka up to the five. He's looked like a genius for that uh, because they have been, when they're on, they're on, and that defense is humming, and they're getting contributions from Kawhi and Kyle Lowry and Danny Green spacing the floor. They they look real nice. Uh, the Raptors of Toronto are contenders, serious contenders this time. Uh, you get that sense that they are more than just a regular season team, that they could make a deep run and are a lot of people's favorites to make the finals out of the East. And then... Another coach I would throw in that conversation would be Doc Rivers, just for the simple fact that uh, he has that roster in a playoff spot right now. If season were to end, they would uh, be in the right in the thick of things in the playoffs. Uh, he's coached them real well, and they've used the the next man up mentality, and they've everyone's contributed what they can, and he has that roster competing at a high level when many thought. It would be a rebuilding year or just a year where they see what they have before they enter the free agent sweepstakes. And it hasn't been the case. They're going to be competitive this year if they keep this up. So for the most improved... uh, For most improved, you know, a lot of people would look down on it. They don't agree with giving the award to a second-year player. And I, I'm in that crowd. I agree with that because in your second year, that's supposed to be one of the biggest leaps of your career when you um, have a year of games under your belt. A lot of players are just moving into the starting lineup, uh, getting an increase in minutes, getting more trust from the coaching staff. Um, <laughs> in Ben Simmons' case, you get a whole year of experience and you win a rookie of the year award uh but that's that's whatever it is but the second year player that is in contention this year uh that everyone likes is De'Aaron Fox out of Sacramento and you know like I said earlier he's having a tremendous year 18.7 assists he uh him and that Sacramento Kings team you know, they're looking real good. They're really young. They're really exciting to watch. They're a good offensive team. Uh, I think if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be something around like the seventh seed in the West. I'd have to check that, but uh, I'm pretty sure they'd be in right now. And, uh, you know, Vladi Divac might have been right. You know, they have a young super team. They might, might be contending someday soon. You never know. Uh, but outside of De'Aaron Fox... Another contender for the award, I would say, would be DeMontis Sabonis out of Indiana. He has uh, seen a jump in his numbers. Not anything astronomical, but he has really matured and he makes the right plays at the right times for that Pacers team. And he looks like a valuable piece on a playoff team that uh, is looking to make a run in the weaker Eastern Eastern Conference. Uh, they 
need to bolster their seeding up a little bit, but I think he is going to be very important for that team going forward, and he has made a marked improvement over last year. Um, a player that I like has a dark horse, maybe, potentially, heading forward if he can keep up the play that he has in the month of December so far is Emmanuel Moutier, uh, the point guard for the Knicks. He, he's getting a lot of reps, a lot of opportunity, uh, lost season for the Knicks. So they're seeing what he's got. And, you know, he was a lottery pick. A lot of people liked him to become an all-star someday. It didn't pan out. In Denver, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that couldn't hit the three ball and they didn't like how often he turned the ball over. He just wasn't fitting, and then they drafted Jamal Murray, so they moved on from Moody A. And uh, his, he's had a crazy month of December. He's looked real good uh, these past several games. Uh, if he can keep it up and he keeps his minutes up, they keep giving opportunities in New York. He could be a dark horse for this award. Uh, you know, there's obviously JaVale McGee finally getting more minutes in Los Angeles. He's got a shot at it, I think. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard. I'm not sure how people would stand on, uh, voters would stand on Derek Rose. You know, he has improved vastly, but he is a former MVP, so I don't know how exactly... Uh, how people would vote for that, but you know he's a terrific player. I just caught the end of that uh, Detroit Pistons Minnesota Timberwolves game. Yeah, he scored a lot of points in that game. Uh, they weren't able to win the game, but Derrick Rose was definitely their best offensive weapon in that game. Uh, and then there's a guy like Zach Lafine who's. You know, he's another product of getting the opportunity, a lot of minutes on a lost season, a team that's headed for the lottery, but he has, uh, he's put his, he's put points up, you know, you gotta commend him for that. Uh, no one's saying he's a great defender or would run numbers on a good team or anything like that, but uh, he's put up 24 points a game and about five rebounds and five assists. Those are really nice numbers. Uh, in the East, that should be enough to make you an all-star, but, uh, you know, unfortunately he's on the Bulls, so probably not. He's more of a faux all-star, if anything. But, you know, he could get his name in the hat for most improved player, but the player that I like the most would definitely uh, have to be Buddy Heald on that Sacramento team, you know, I really like watching those guys play. They're young, exciting. Buddy Heald is knocking down shots, uh, hitting threes at a 43% clip. That backcourt is criminally underrated right now. They're both averaging close to 20 points. Heald gives you five rebounds, two and a half assists a night. Uh, Solid, solid player. He's living up to his um, billing from the draft as a lottery pick right now. And uh, he's made that jump. You're going to take him season or two, but he, he came around and he looks real nice. That's who I would go with at this point. For sixth man of the year, you have a couple of those guys from the most improved category carrying over that might have a chance at sixth man, and that's Sabonis, who, as I said, played great this year so far. He'll need to probably uh, keep on 
playing at this high level that he has been and maybe bump up his numbers a little bit to get a few more votes. Uh, I think Derek Rose is probably the front runner, assuming that when Jeff D comes back from injury, he heads back to the bench and just uh, carries on in that capacity, which I think will happen. Uh, he's a really valuable bench scorer. And if the Timberwolves have any shot of making the playoffs this year, it's going to be Derrick Rose shouldering a large amount of the offensive charge for the Timberwolves because Andrew Wiggins is severely regressed. Teague is a pass-first player. Covington is defensive-minded. And Carl Anthony Towns still hasn't, even with Jimmy Butler not in town, he still hasn't been as assertive as you'd like Carl Anthony Towns to be. And, uh, so, if, you know, his, if they make the playoffs, his chance for that award, uh, goes through the roof, I think. Uh, that's a give me, and it's a great story, so, uh, I think people will be eager to hand him the award, but, you know, he has competition. Uh, he has... Spencer Dinwiddie, a couple he has a couple of guards creeping up on him. Uh quality guard Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench for the Nets, averaging uh seventeen points and five assists a game. He you know, his his numbers will probably look not that far off from Rose's as he uh, he performs he you know, he, he does similar things and Brooklyn as he shoulders like a, a lot of the offensive load himself albeit from uh assisting on baskets or scoring them himself he they count on Dinwiddie to do uh a lot of things for them and uh same goes for Dinwiddie if Brooklyn does make the playoffs probably a little least likely than uh the Timberwolves getting in his chances will be bolstered I believe and uh another guard similar uh situation actually would be uh Dennis Schroeder in Oklahoma City. He's played really well in uh lieu of Russell Westbrook when Westbrook's been away because of injury. He uh you know, he's a start he was a starter in Atlanta and he played well for a couple seasons after they moved on from Jeff Teague and you know, Atlanta obviously wanted a complete rebuild, so here we are and Dennis Schroeder's um, he plays a high quality of, he plays a high quantity of minutes and plays them at a high quality so far he's been a great addition for Oklahoma City and he's he plays alongside their stars well and uh he's a nice complimentary piece that they really need coming off the bench and uh lastly one more guy I would throw in the conversation probably an out Probably too much of an outside shot to actually win the award, but I would uh, tip my hat to him just because of the career he's had and his success this season, hard-earned, and he's played well on a team that's exceeded uh, expectations somewhat as his team is hanging around 500 and looking for a chance to make the playoffs, and that's the Orlando Magic and Terrence Ross. Uh, Ross has played well. He's scoring the ball pretty well. He's scoring four, about 14 points a game. And that's what they ask him to do is come off the bench and provide a scoring lift. 
for that second team, and he does it well, and the Magic have played well with him on the court, and he, uh, while he might not win this award or really be that close to winning it, uh, he deserves some. He deserves a look because you know he's played some of the better basketball that he has in recent memory. So good on Terrence Ross for Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'm telling you right now, you can just go ahead and pencil in the award. Uh, Luka Doncic, he is. Uh, it's really a three horse race in my eyes. It's Luka in Dallas, DeAndre Ayton in. Phoenix and then Trey Young in Atlanta and as we know uh, both Atlanta and Phoenix are the cellar dwellers of their respective conferences so I think uh, even with Iden having nice numbers averaging double-double uh, playing his part and playing it well as a center there I still think that that Luka Putting up nice numbers this year, uh, you know he is he gets extra points for having a team contend for a playoff spot, uh, and being the number one player on that team really, and he he's been fantastic and he will continue to be fantastic and I think he will be the best player from this draft, and he will be a star player in this league for a long time to come. I think Luka Doncic is. Just really, he's unreal. That's not to say anything about uh, Trey Young, but he, uh, you know, he's got a ways to go. He still has to figure out his shot. Uh, it's encouraging to see him still put up some, like, 15 points a game, and uh, he's been distributing the ball well, seven assists, but large part of uh, his success and uh, the Atlanta rebuild will be on him figuring out that shot. And then Aiden, you know, he's went to work. He's put up his numbers. He's played well. But uh, th- that team is so far gone, and management's a mess. The ownership's a mess. It, you've got so many things coming out of there, so many things to work on that, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to do in Phoenix. And you got to commend them for the job that they're doing, for Aiden for the job he's doing, and Trey Young for the job he's doing, and, Atlanta, but I think Doncic is going to be the runaway rookie of the year. Okay, here's the big one, the one we've all been waiting for, the MVP award. Uh, So, I think as of right now, there are 10 guys that I would put uh, in the MVP running, and then there's probably two or three outside dark horses that they will enter the MVP race probably as their teams and get better uh, or they start to win more games or they'll their names will come up better uh higher in this list and it's not to say that the players in front of them are necessarily better players than them it's just that they have played well and they've meant more to their teams as their teams have played better uh, and those dark horses those outsider shots at mvp those guys i would put i put down uh, Blake Griffin in Detroit, as I've documented pretty well. Uh, he's played great. He played well again tonight. Uh, but, you know, the team's got to keep on winning, and they've got to be better. They've got to be better than a low seed in the East. I think Blake can do it, but they've got to start winning more games. And uh, the other two guys are two of the premier players in the league. 
and we should be talking about them being in the top five in MVP voting every year. Uh, James Harden, you know, just won an MVP, but his team has been uh, a 500 team, and they're a 500 team right now. And, you know, he's he's been playing better as the season's progressed, but I have a hard time putting him up there in the top 10 with his team being so far behind and out of the playoff picture as they are. So I'd, I'd have him sitting on the outside looking in, and then the same goes to Anthony Davis. Exact same thing. He's played great. Um, he's had a lot of trips to the locker room, a lot of nagging injuries, I suppose. And the team has slipped under five hundred. Uh, they're a second half, second half team, second half of the season, second half of the game. Uh, I think they'll they'll even out a little bit as they did last year. They might make a run at the end of the season, but as for right now, Anthony Davis on the outside of the top ten, looking in. And then my tenth guy uh, that I think is a great story is Mike Conley. Mike Conley this year averaging 20 points, 3 rebounds, 6.5 assists a game. Uh, he, you know, he these Grizzlies, they're tough. They've got their swagger back. Uh, after being down last year, having Conley missed the entire year, and Gasol, uh, they've, they're, they're here to compete this year. They're playing tough. You know, as, as I, I mentioned in an earlier episode that their window, it, it seems shut. It, it's been propped back open, but, you know, they're going to rely on Jaron Jackson Jr. to come through and play big minutes. And, uh, as I've said before, he could be the next Anthony Davis, and they need him to develop in a hurry to uh, increase their chances and open their window up a little bit more. But as for right now, they're playing good basketball. Uh, they're right in the thick of things. Comley's played well so I would put him in the 10th spot in my MVP chart uh number nine Tobias Harris in LA for the Clippers Tobias I think everyone knew coming in he'd probably be their best player they did not uh I'd say should say we because I didn't expect either I did not expect the Clippers to be in the playoff hunt really I expected them to be on the outside a little bit they might. I expected them to kind of hang around for a while like they did last season, but kind of fade and not quite have enough. And especially this year, I didn't expect them to get that close uh, as they didn't have any superstars, any star players, really. Just Tobias, and Tobias has came through. The whole team has came through. Doc's came through. Uh, Tobias has just been their best player, and he's averaged over 21 points and 8 rebounds a game. And... Uh, you know, they played well, and he he deserves his name to be brought up in this discussion because of what he's meant to his team. And uh, so I'd put him at 9. 8, I have Kevin Durant. You know, he, uh, the Warriors, they've had a bit of a tumultuous season, and Curry's been out a little bit. I, I would have Durant higher. Uh, the only reason I have him on this list at all is because a, the Warriors are still a top two team in the West. And B, his numbers are so great. He's averaging uh, 28, nearly 29 points, 7.5 rebounds over 6 assists. That's fantastic. He would be higher if he would have led them 
to a more successful record with Curry being out, but he, uh, they they did not seem themselves with Curry out, and as they aren't, because Curry is a large part of their identity. But, uh, needless to say, Kevin Durant's a great player. In my opinion, the second best player in the league. So I have him eighth. Just ahead of him because of their success this season. Uh, and I think if he his play holds up and he improves a little bit and they hold one of the top two spots, he could move up in this list a little bit. And that's Nikola Jokic out of Denver. Jokic this season, uh, he has always been a great passer. Um, probably the best passing big man in the league. He's bumped his assists up even a little more this season, averaging about 7.5, a, a little over 10 rebounds, 18 points a game. Uh, they play great team basketball, and they've got a good thing going. When they get Gary Harris back, they'll be even more dangerous. Uh, Nikola Jokic, you know, he's a real player. He's a bully down low. He can shoot a little bit from the outside. I know his uh, shooting percentage hasn't been great this season from outside, but uh, he, he's he got a little bit of a stroke. Not much jump, but a little bit of a stroke on his jump shot. Uh, I put him at seven. Number six, I have Paul George, who, as I referenced earlier, he has, I think, uh, taken over at least in the short term, as the most valuable player on his team uh, for Russell Westbrook. And Westbrook might play himself into the MVP discussion. Who knows? But at this point, uh, Paul George has played the role. He's played it well. And uh, I have him at six because just of his two-way greatness and uh, everything he's done to the Thunder and he's kept them afloat. Five, I have Steph Curry. Good numbers this year. He's missed a number of games uh, as we're starting to grow accustomed to with Steph Curry missing games. But, uh, you know, it's a different team while he is out. Uh, it doesn't look like the same thing, and they don't it, they don't run as smoothly without Steph Curry because, uh, like I said, that's a large part of their identity is Steph and Curry. Uh, he... He's put up nearly 30 points a game when he has played this season, and he's looked phenomenal. Uh, five rebounds, five and a half assists. Uh, he could move up if he can if he can play enough games this season, and the Warriors are. Uh, he keeps the Warriors atop the conference. He'll probably move up a little bit. Because uh, number four, I have Joel Embiid, and I think he could slide either direction very easily. Uh, I feel like the footing in uh, Philadelphia is kind of slipping a little bit as Jimmy Butler uh, arrives. The unsure future of Markel Fultz, kind of the unsure, the uncertainty moving forward of how good that team is going to be and where they're going to end up in the playoff picture. you know, he's he has numbers, he's played well, 26 points, over 13 rebounds. He'll be in the Defensive Player of the Year race uh, if he's not the front runner already. Averaging nearly two blocks a game. Uh, great player. He could move either way for me. Number three, I have Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's picked up where he left off 
when he was playing and playing healthy. He's his numbers this year. He's uh twenty over twenty six points, over eight rebounds, career highs. Uh, he, you know he hasn't picked up his assist numbers like people say, like some uh critics of his game say he needs to in order to be in the conversation for winning an MVP in the regular season, but he brings you so much on defense that I think it's okay, and especially, like, Kyle Lowry has double-digit assists, so they don't necessarily need him to be that guy. Um, One reason I would suggest for, like, this lack of uh, distributing, even though I think three assists is a good number for him, I think it's fine, especially for this team, but... uh, Who's in slow is because he's not, he wasn't a guard that got big and plays a wing position. He is a center by nature. He played center in high school and coming into college at San Diego State, he played, he just played, he's just been playing down. He's a center by nature. He's uh, used to playing in the paint and going up and then just dishing out to shooters need be, not necessarily facilitating an offense. And that's just the way he learned basketball, and that's the way he plays. And, uh, you know, he it, it bodes him well in other areas of the game. So uh, I think that's a little give and take that you live with. Number two, I have Giannis. Um, fantastic player. Uh, about 27 points a game, over 13 rebounds and six assists. Uh, you know, Buttonholzers came in, he's really opened it up. I know to sound to say the cliche saying, and if he had a jump shot, the league better watch out. Uh, as I said earlier, he doesn't doesn't have to have one because he's already so dominant. I think I I really like Giannis to take over for LeBron, whenever LeBron's reign is over as the best player, and uh, segues us into number one, LeBron James. LeBron James has been doing LeBron James things for the Lakers. Uh, I said going into the season that if LeBron is LeBron, he puts up LeBron's stats, he plays the way LeBron plays, and he gets this Lakers team into a top four seed that that just go ahead and give him the trophy because that's he's going to be MVP if that's the case. Cause this young this young Lakers team, like they're a decent team, but uh, as you saw last year, they weren't a playoff team, and if LeBron can carry them to a top four seed in the West. Uh, and not get them off track in their development and still put up the numbers that he puts up, then he deserves it. He's deserved it almost every year that he hasn't won it. So I, this year is a fine time to give him one, give him an award uh, in a year that he probably, the odds are against him to make the finals. So that would be a nice uh, consolation. So there you have it. That's some of the... Uh, uh, postseason awards through the first trimester of the season. It's still early. Lots of shakeups could happen. Anything could happen. Uh, injury, players coming out of nowhere to steal awards. You know, trades are very likely coming up with this dead the trade the the trade deadline in the All Star game. You know, we got a long ways to go. A lot of things could happen, but that's kind of where I think everything sits right now. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of sports and whatnot. Uh, Join us back next time. I'll ramble some more. Maybe you'll listen. Maybe you won't. Should be fun.